For the Climate Discussion Nexus, I'm John Robson, and welcome to our latest readout video from our Wednesday Wake Up email newsletter. Our top story this week is an amazing piece by Michael Schellenberger, a Time Magazine hero of the environment, so progressive that he went to Nicaragua in solidarity with, quote, the Sandinista Socialist Revolution, end quote, at 17, and he's been an environmental activist and fundraiser from his teens as well. But in Forbes he wrote, and I quote, on behalf of environmentalists everywhere, I would like to formally apologize for the climate scare we created over the last 30 years. Climate change is happening, it's just not the end of the world. It's not even our most serious environmental problem, end quote. Sorry, did I say in Forbes? Thanks to cancel culture, the piece was immediately deleted with an explanation so feeble that silence would have been better. And the internet being what it is, it was immediately archived by a number of people and it was republished at Quillette. So we invite you to check it out for yourself and consider buying his book Apocalypse Never, both for its contents and to push back against the mob. Yes, I said mob. Because there's one part of his piece that I'm gonna quote at length, and it goes like this. Until last year, I mostly avoided speaking out against the climate scare. Partly, that's because I was embarrassed. After all, I am as guilty of alarmism as any other environmentalist. For years, I referred to climate change as an existential threat to human civilization and called it a crisis. But, Schellenberger continues, mostly I was scared. I remained quiet about the climate disinformation campaign because I was afraid of losing friends and funding. The few times I summoned the courage to defend climate science from those who misrepresented, I suffered harsh consequences. And so I mostly stood by and did next to nothing as my fellow environmentalists terrified the public." End quote. Now the good news here is that Schellenberger has the profile as well as the courage to push back effectively. But next time you hear people sneering about deniers or speculating on the pros and cons of jailing climate skeptics, which yes, is another item from the latest newsletter, or when you hear people saying there's this massive scientific consensus in favor of the alarmist position, remember Schellenberger and Susan Crockford and Judith Curry and other high profile figures who've been driven from academia or otherwise harassed and canceled and understand how many other people now are where Schellenberger was until recently, terrified to speak out for fear of the persecution that awaits climate heretics. It's some kind of achievement by the guardians of orthodoxy, but I don't mean that in a good way. The newsletter also describes a number of other things they'd like to suppress, including a new report from India's Ministry of Earth Science that says their country hasn't warmed much if at all since the 1950s and doesn't seem to have warmed at all since 2009. And of course, I'm not saying you should believe anything that governments say on this or any other subject without checking it out including what they say about the accuracy of temperature measurements. But I am saying, get both sides of the story while you still can. Including on the fact that Greenland seems to have been ice-free for long periods during the Pleistocene, even when atmospheric CO2 was much lower than it is today. So don't take for granted that CO2 drives temperature. 
There's also an interesting piece in the newsletter about an NOAA website that lists all sorts of extreme weather records in the United States by state, and you find strange stuff like a maximum temperature in 1925, that's Alabama, or 1915, that's Alaska, or the precipitation record in Idaho dating to 1909. You know, supposedly extreme weather's gotten worse recently, but if you look through these numbers, sure, you see some more recent records, but you see a bunch of older ones, and the overall pattern is, there's no overall pattern. Which brings me to a thought experiment by David Middleton that we also talk about, which is useful in testing all kinds of climate models and theories. He says, what do you think, or what does your model claim, the temperature would be today if the Industrial Revolution had never happened and humans were producing no more greenhouse gases than they were in, well, say, 1215? If the answer is the temperature would have been dead flat for thousands of years, or we have no idea what would have happened, then don't put any faith in their assessment of how much man-made CO2 has altered the situation. And if they say they do know, ask them how well their model or their theory predicts things like the Roman warm period or the Holocene climate optimum or the Younger Dryas, any of these other well-established phenomena. There's lots more in the newsletter, of course, including the latest effort to terrify us with the prospect that if we don't stomp out greenhouse gases, global economic growth by 2100 will plummet from around 1,000% to just 975% or possibly 750%. Whereas if we kill off our energy industry, what do you think it'll be? Nothing? Minus 50%? It seems math and economics are both hard. The newsletter also has our latest 1919 or 2019 quiz, looking this time at precipitation in London, Ontario. So, for all that and more, visit our website, that's climatediscussionnexus.com, subscribe to the newsletter if you're not already signed up, check out the videos, and help us spread the word. For the Climate Discussion Nexus, I'm John Robson.